It's the end of another week and it's time, Jordan McDonald, for our Sourced Week in Review. My name is Michael Crutcher. It's, oh, it's come around fast because it's a short week and it was your birthday. It was my birthday on the Tuesday this week, yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. And we gave you a day off for your birthday too. Yeah, you did very kindly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. If you're born on a public holiday, you get a day off for your birthday. <laughs> so good to see you back a year older and all of that. Yeah, all of that is pretty nice sum up, I reckon. <laughs> all right. And a short week next week to recover yeah, from it too. I forgot about the public holiday Monday, is it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Public holiday Monday. That's the public holiday that Queensland does that the rest of the country doesn't. And then mm. in June, the rest of the country will have a holiday and Queensland won't. So it all makes sense. Right. Yep. Labor Day, isn't it? Yeah, Labor Day. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yep. So all makes sense. Now, I did want to clear up something because I said at the end of last week's podcast that we would discuss the coronation today. And you know that really excites me. But I got it wrong. The coronation is not till next week. So we won't discuss it today except... We will have a look at the celebrity mags at the end of this podcast and there's this coronation fever, I would say. Oh, I can imagine. I'd say that doctors would diagnose coronation fever. <laughs> uh, certainly, uh, I've, I've caught it. Now, I want to start this week with a bit of a rant. So, just go and make a cup oh, of tea we'll or something like that if, if you like. and comfortable uh, then. Yes, <laughs> just... Just a feign interest, but I want to talk about lazy language. I'm referring to lazy language used by journalists, which for me is becoming too commonplace these days. Now, I may sound like a grumpy old man, well I do, but it's important because media should be the gatekeepers to rubbish language. There I say with an incorrect use there too of uh, terms. <laughs> But it's language that shouldn't be allowed through the gate. If the media is a gatekeeper, then we've got to stop some of these things that become commonplace. But they're being waved through the gate at the moment. Now, I've been sparked today by a comment about a 60-year-old man who is assisting police with their inquiries. Okay? Okay. So this assisting line seems to come up so many times now in... Radio news, written news, television news, the, it's a very common place when talking about crime. Now, police media started using this phrase a few years back and it's been swallowed syllable by syllable by media who are being purely lazy. So what should they be saying then? Okay. Good question. Very good. So you, you're, okay. you're, you're feigning interest, but you're asking good questions. Um, <laughs> so they should be saying exactly what is happening. That is, police are speaking with a 60-year-old man about this incident, okay? So one of the first things that journalists are taught is to question everything. And I've said this before. You're taught, you know, early in your journalism career to check everything. Um, if your mother tells you she loves you, you've got to check, right? Right. Hi, Mum. Hope you're well there, Mum. I'm not talking about you, of course. So how do journalists know that a particular person is, air quotes, assisting police with their inquiries? I mean, this person could be uh, lying to police. They could be um, obfuscating. They could be just sending them down the wrong path completely. Therefore, they may not be uh, assisting. So it's becoming too much of a trend for journalists, but there's an easy way to do this. There's a test you can do, okay? 
That is, how do normal people speak? Okay? So if you're at a barbecue or you're at the pub and you're telling your friends about some crime somewhere, okay? Mm, Okay. Now, if you told them that a 60-year-old man is assisting police with their inquiries, okay? So say you said that. Right. So your friends will do one of two things, right? Well, they should do one of two things. They will either pour their drink over your head Mm. or they'll laugh at you like you're a clown, okay? That's what they should do because that's not how we speak. What we would say is probably they're talking to someone, okay? Now, I only say these things because it's, it's becoming commonplace. We're hearing a lot more now in media about a serious weather event. This can take many forms, okay? A rain bomb, which we've discussed before, which is now commonplace, rain bombs. Uh, an East Coast low, which is just something that's happened in the last few years, East Coast lows, even though we're in a world that's many, many years old, East yep. Coast lows have come from nowhere. They're causing <laughs> right. havoc. Um, journalists talk about suburbs that are leafy. So leafy suburbs. I don't say that much in my conversation. A leafy um, suburb. They could have someone in the uh, crosshairs. Journalists use crosshairs a lot. You know, someone's in the crosshairs yep. of yep. someone. Um and they use government speak too regularly. So governments love to say they've invested in something. So when a government will buy something or whatever, they say invested. But what governments do is spend that money. Yeah. Okay, invest sound. That's government speak. That's how governments want <coughs> journalists to speak. And now journalists take this stuff and they use it, okay, too yeah. much. So spending is correct. So I talk about this because I feel it's important that the language is kept to a level in which – media are gatekeepers and and we know this is because newsrooms are getting smaller okay we know that and sometimes when newsrooms get smaller some of this stuff that's been so rigid over the years goes out the window so my rant's over okay now i hope people are assisting police with their inquiries i really do but i couldn't guarantee that so if they want to use that line getting back to your question it's police say someone is assisting them with their inquiries. Please say that. Okay. Rant over, Jordan. What else is happening this week that we need to talk about? Uh, Meta's Q1 report for this year has come out. Um, So for any unfamiliar, Meta is the company that owns social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp. And they've reported better than expected revenue and user growth in the first quarter of this year thanks to a handy rebound in digital advertising sales. And this has given the company more time and resources to invest in speculative businesses like artificial intelligence and virtual reality. That is a bit different from previous times we've spoken about it this. It is. It is a bit different. Usually it's pretty bleak. It has been. But, uh, so in a call with investors, um, the CEO, obviously Mark Zuckerberg, he said that the AI technology will impact every single one of our apps and services. And there's an opportunity to introduce AI agents to billions of peoples in ways that will be useful and meaningful. Improving customer service chats with businesses, the advertisement, uh, the advertisement creation process and the gaming experience in virtual reality. This is everywhere now, isn't it, this discussion of AI? It is. It's incredible. This time last year we weren't even talking about it. No, it's true. Um, so Meta's stock as a result climbed, sorry, has climbed 74% this year, but as a result of the news has uh, gained more than 12% in the aftermarket trading. It's a decent bump after It's a, a decent bump. Uh, the company has also continued to add users in March, in the March quarter for Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp. 
which is always positive, with more than 3 billion people using at least one of its products every day. However, like any social media, there's setbacks and... It's never all. No, there are some setbacks, including in Meta's division focused on building that virtual reality technology for the metaverse, which had an operating loss of 3.9 billion US (laughs) in that quarter. 4 billion US. It's an enormous amount. Um, And they only brought in revenue of 339 million, which is down 51% from a year earlier and less than what analysts projected. What's even more astonishing is that Meta says and is predicting it could still spend up to 30 to 33 billion US to continue improving its AI capacity and hopefully make it a profitable segment of the organisation, which is a lot of money. It's just so interesting to see these uh, results from Meta when they come out because, yeah, it's like you said, they have been trending downwards, but... You know, that's a big bump to the share price. Oh, but yeah. We, we have mentioned before the money being spent on the metaverse. And you're just seeing with every, you know, billion dollars that goes there, the pressure to get something that's workable there must increase. But it's been AI that's really been dominating. Now, while meta has had a bump, BuzzFeed, which we've not spoken about too much, BuzzFeed on the podcast over time, but no. BuzzFeed has it got itself in a bit of a spin of certainly a week of big announcements and we know buzzfeed is a real pioneer in the internet <coughs> content space and the last week it's announced some big changes including that it will lay off 15 percent of its staff for about 180 people it will outsource more to uh, creators and also to ai of course and it yes. will close its BuzzFeed news division, which is big news because Jordan BuzzFeed really did pioneer internet news in some ways. Yeah, it really just became its own sort of category of news, that that social media-driven journalism. You know, BuzzFeed news certainly mastered the art of that clickbait, took advantage of social media's virality and drove enormous traffic to its various websites. But, um, you know, one social media, and in particular Facebook, started altering its newsfeed and started to prioritise friends and family posts and instant shove news uh, to fit it all in, that would have taken a huge chunk out of BuzzFeed News' engagement. And I'm not sure, and evidently, I don't think they were able to recover from that. Because, look, it's just not enough to rely on social media anymore. It changes too often and often it's without anything you can control. You know, for, for BuzzFeed, they went from their strength being the attention-grabbing headlines, really interesting yep. subject matter, and then that mastery of social engagement. It ultimately became their weakness and their downfall here. I reckon everyone would have seen something from BuzzFeed over the years. I don't 100%. Know, we, we used to use uh, some screenshots when we do workshops with clients on the changing media world, and there was... I'm trying to remember exactly what the wording was, but it was something like 20 completely meaningless things that you don't really need to know, but you will want to know. And one of those was uh, a claim in these BuzzFeed things that NASA had to rename rename the size of the apparatus that went over the genitalia of the male astronauts from small, medium and large to giant gigantic, enormous and something else because no one would pick their size. Oh, God. Something like that. But this was the BuzzFeed news That was it, though. 100%. That's what they traded on. So, 
the BuzzFeed CEO has been out uh, talking about some of this and he's spoken to Axios and said the reason that it's closing that news division is to give the brand more breathing room. In his words, to be weirder, more creative, to play in culture more. So that's pretty broad. Um, Now, Peretti said the creators and AI are both harder to do in the news space. Um, The news needs to have such high, high standards of credibility and trust. Yeah. Which is interesting. So it's not closing uh, its news site HuffPost. There's another one that's morphed through the uh, years of digital um, news. Um, Peretti says BuzzFeed's uh, direct audience is, in his words, a real strength. He says, this is interesting, news and entertainment are going to be more siloed. News is going to be more of a destination and HuffPost is a really strong point of view. So, again, we're learning all the time. And we said this, you know, for so long now. We keep learning about what's, what audiences want and how that changes what we see. So, now, you spoke before about uh, Meta's um, stock market lift. BuzzFeed has had uh, a, a pretty pretty bad two years since it listed on the share market um down 90 percent it's initial Ooh. listing price so goodness um now i just wanted to raise something because there was an interesting memo that came out from peretti at buzzfeed oh, overnight yes. i saw that do you notice that u.s we don't have memos in australia they're big no, in the u.s memos they are big in the u.s yeah, yeah they're everywhere yeah, maybe we need more of them in australia but anyway yeah, a memo came out mm-hmm. and peretti gave five predictions for how he thinks the internet publishing landscape will evolve so this is really interesting one and this um is is something we've spoken about before he's talking about the rise of the home page again now again we spoke look years ago about the death of the homepage because people were getting their news and information from social media. So clicking directly on those links and not going through homepages. He's saying now that um, um, internet platforms, um, traffic will flow because publishers will uh, ditch or users will ditch social media as a news and information source. So again, like you said, Meta looking away well, from... Well, yeah, I suppose they have to because uh, it's, it's certainly it's less prominent on Facebook, which is a massive driver of news traffic anyway. Yep. So the rise of the homepage, who thought we'd say that again? Uh, he also says entertainment wins. So internet platforms will lean more heavily into fun and entertainment. Um, again, a change from what we've seen before um, when we just had so much, uh, in, to use another term, toxicity. Oh, yeah. um, There'll so be heaps of that entertainment stuff with the AI coming out. Heaps yep. of it. Um, we'll see, again, back to Peretti's predictions, creators forming alliances with media companies. Mm-hmm. Um, also AI boom, like goes without yep. saying. Yep. And... Uh, this is interesting. Cultural moments will get bigger. So his prediction that huge cultural moments will take up a much higher percentage of ad budgets and social media attention. So That's an interesting observation. Yeah, it's just some good points to consider there. Who knows what we'll think about those in a couple of years' time. But for now, that's, you know, from a someone very involved in the internet space, their thoughts. I just wanted to raise one thing as well now. Um some stories that have come out in the last sort of two weeks about Rugby Australia and um, 
and who they might be signing from the NRL. So I've been trying to keep an eye on this because it's been really interesting. Rugby Union's trying to get something it hasn't had for a long time, that is free publicity. Yeah. Um, so that is news stories that generate interest and conversation, which means you don't have to pay for advertising or marketing. So it started a couple of weeks ago now with Rugby, Rugby Australia signing Sydney Roosters back Joseph Suali'i to a long-term deal. And it's continuing now because we've got stories again in media about maybe the Broncos forward Payne Haas will be going yeah, uh, to the that. NRL. The NRL's responded by talking about salary cap relief for clubs that sign established rugby stars or something similar. It's hard to keep up with all this stuff. But yep. I wanted to mention it briefly, just briefly, because it's a classic example of a media pattern that may go absolutely nowhere, but... Everyone involved in the story, it's in their interest. Mm -hmm. So this stuff about, let's take Payne Haas, the Broncos forward, for instance. Who knows if this stuff's true or not? Will he go to rugby or not? I don't know. But at the moment, unless Payne Haas comes out and categorically slams his fist on the table and says, I am not not going. Yeah, well, the story's a live story. You can't, you know, it's not denied. So I don't reckon that, Payne Haas would suffer from this because it helps with negotiations for whatever his next oh, contract certainly. is. Yeah, yeah. Rugby Australia love to be get that free publicity of you know them being seen as you know courting these potential uh, star players. And rugby league does it hurt league? Well, not unless players go because it, there's a, a thread there about how rugby league has more talent than rugby union. So I just wanted to raise it because these stories tend to go along at their own pace. Now, what does it mean for the person reading the story? Well, as long as they're aware of the fact that these things, yeah. you know, may not have a whole lot of substance to them. Maybe they do. We don't know. But the key to this for journalism is, journalism is when you cannot deny the story, when no one can come out and say the story's wrong, well, you've got license to roam. Yeah. So just wanted to mention that. Jordan, you want to talk about Blue Sky because this is something that's sort of jumped up and we haven't spoken about it before yeah i did want to mention blue sky but i'll keep it short it's just it's an it's an interesting thing i came across this week because it, it's being positioned as a an alternative to twitter um and i found that interesting because obviously one we're still seeing issues with twitter uh almost daily thanks to elon Oh, we mentioned uh, elon i know i've got to squeeze him in um <laughs> two the alternative uh, looks almost identical to Twitter. And three, the alternative here, which is Blue Sky, is actually created by Twitter's co-founder, Jack Dorsey. Okay. So I found that quite interesting. Yeah. So obviously this is called Blue Sky. And Jack Dorsey started it as a side project in 2019. And he's just launched it in February this year. Since its launch, the app was uh, has been downloaded 250,000 times approximately by iPhone users. Okay. Um, to explain the sort of look and function of the app, it's a simple micro-loading format, very simpler, yep. sorry, very simple to Twitter. Um, but their hope is that they aim to provide a more open social protocol and standard that would allow any service to plug in and interact. Okay. Right. Yeah. Now, you don't have to pretend to understand what that means because I didn't either because I thought that was confusing the way they explained that. Well, um, that, are they trying to say there that they're trying to enable it to be, I guess, bolted onto other... Essentially. Yeah. Essentially. But um, in, in simpler terms, they want to 
be more open to letting other websites, including other social media platforms, work with it. Yeah. So a couple of examples of how that might look. So, for example, if you've got a well-established blog site yeah. and you write and share your own thoughts, with Blue Sky you could use your blog's name as your username. Okay. That would make it easier for people to find you on Blue Sky. And if you ever decide to switch to a different blog site, you can still keep okay. your same Blue Sky username and your followers will still be able to find you. But um, another example which I thought was interesting was, say, you know, you use a different social media platform like Instagram or Facebook. Yep. You know, in future, you might be able to use Blue Sky to post things and talk to people on those platforms without having to leave Blue Sky. And this would make it easier for you to use different social media sites without having to switch between them all the time. Obviously, it's it's very new. It's pretty much exclusively available uh, via invite only at the moment because they've had so much initial oh, interest. Really? Yeah, okay. so you got to wait, jump a waiting list at the moment. Yep. But um, all those reports that I've been reading, you know, those specifics about its functions are still being worked out. But it's a pretty interesting concept. I just think the thought of social media competitors coming together seems almost impossible, but it's something that Blue Sky hopes. Uh, it, it can achieve. Uh, it's hoping to achieve a more decentralised social network experience. It's so interested to see these guys who have success like Jack Dorsey early on with mm. big things, just what they do next. Absolutely. Trying to, you know, go to be a disruptor again. And mm. I say, we'll keep an eye on that. Now, I mentioned at the start... Um, I've got coronation fever. I don't know about you, Jordan, but... Uh, I haven't caught it yet. No, well, it's coming your way. Tell I'll catch you. it. And that brings us to this week's celebrity magazine covers. Mm. Okay. Now, of course, the Woman's Day and the New Idea both have, I would say, a quite uh, frazzled-looking King Charles on the front. Yeah, he's looking a bit... Yeah, he is, isn't he? A bit windswept. Yeah, he's, he's uh, I think he needs a haircut too, but um, yeah, he's maybe gauge he's three back on in the sides. sides, isn't he? Yeah, a little, little coronation gauge three there would suit him fine. Now, the Woman's Day has yeah. got uh, Kate, mm. Kate over uh, King Charles's right shoulder. Now, Kate's looking at him. She's rather stern. Now, I'm going to really go out and limb here, and I don't reckon that that's a real picture. I reckon they've uh, photoshopped that. I'm almost certain you're correct. Yeah, I think they have. Now, what Kate's telling Charles is, you can't trust Harry, mm. exclamation mark, which means you really can't. What about what's, what's the front cover of the new idea saying on that topic, Jordan? Uh, we've got ordered to rest, King's health crisis. Is that a $185 million coronation in chaos? $185 million bucks for a That's coronation. Extraordinary I reckon we could put on for $150 million. Oh, far less. Um, yeah, so he's, he's not well. He's not well. Well, I found a shocking photo of the, of the poor bugger. Yeah, he's unwell. He can't trust Harry and he needs a haircut. So... Hopefully, all this works out well for Charles in the coming weeks. Now, on the front cover of the Woman's Day also, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the Presley family must do good business because um, there's some shocking testimony in their showdown in court. So, whatever's happened there, it's it's big news. Right. Um, One I didn't think I'd see, Secrets and Scandals of Baywatch. 
with a photo on the front of the Hoff. Oh, that's the original one too. Yeah, so there's been I some... I that as a kid. Yeah, some secrets and scandals there. Uh, now, the thing I will let our listeners down, there is no exclamation point on that, so it may not be as big as you think. Now, one here, um, Ash Barty's first days with her baby. There's a picture of Ash Barty holding a baby. Now, I must say, this got away from me, this, that Ash Barty had had a baby. Um, yeah, but that went under my radar too. Yeah, if you look on the front cover of the Woman's Day, Ash is holding a newborn, and it's a little one, Ash's first days with baby. Now, whatever's happened there, I don't know, but I did type in, has Ash Barty had a baby, which I knew the answer to, um, and up comes a story from um, Marie Claire Australia, everything to know about Ash Barty's baby, when I type that in, everything to know. Um now, even though she hasn't confirmed the due date, um, that's everything you need to know. So you see, this has got everything, the internet. It's got everything. So that's the front cover of the Woman's Day. Jordan, apart from uh, King Charles being a bit crook, what else have we got on the new idea front cover? Uh, we've got uh, Prince Lewis. He turned five and it was a, a party of Art of Mayhem at the palace. Well, There's so pics inside. He's turned five and there's party mayhem. Is that yeah. like one of those sort of out of control parties they have in palaces? Yeah, yeah look. Picks as well. They've got picks. There's picks. I think it's probably a pick of what Louis sort of uh, lying across a couch there. Chocolate cake smeared across yeah, his look, mouth. I'm not sure how out of control it gets yep. at the five year old's birthday party, but good for him. Have a crack. Um, what have we got on the left side there? We got George and is it Amal? I think it is. the The ring is off though. That's the big news. There's George an arrow, Clooney. exclamation mark two. Is it all over? Is it? It all looks over? to be all over. At least that's what we're going. Uh, what we're assuming from the no ring. Um, yeah. Down the bottom corner there, we've got the Beaumont children. There's a new twist in that unsolved case. Okay. Black and white photo there, so it must be an yep. older case, I'm assuming. It is. It's a famous case of Beaumont children. Okay. Uh, and at that time, a whole bunch of people did assist police with their inquiries, but uh, to date, we're not getting what we need. Right. Well, there's a $1 million reward there for that. Uh, that could really make people assist police. Couldn't it? Yeah. It's a pretty large reward. bucks. Um, got our what classic simple delicious pie maker desserts on the left. Before going to the bottom, we've got Sarah Abo's secret husband. You got to meet him. It's outstanding. It's yeah. exciting times. Um, speaking of exciting times, your long weekend? Any plans? <sighs> I've got the night off. I've got the weekend off work, but I've got a bucks tomorrow. I'm a oh, groomsman. Really? Yeah. So I've got a bucks tomorrow. Are you organising Cedar Vale? Oh, really? Are you organising in this, this capacity? Fortunately not. I've organised the Bucks last year and it's sort of done me for a while. It's a lot of responsibility. It is a bit. I'm not a, I'm, mm, a bit of a buzzkill. I'm not a huge Bucks party fan. They can be uh, They can be like Prince Louis' birthday at the palace. Yeah, they, they can, can be, be mayhem. mayhem. Yes. Yeah, and I can't just slip away because I'm in Cedar Vale. Yeah, true. Well, it's yeah, it's true. So I, I typically smoke bomb to a certain point, but I'm stuck out there. In yeah, a, you're not smoke bombing there. I'm in a swag, actually, oh, too. really? Like, and there's forecasts of a thunderstorm. Ooh. It's going to be fantastic. Lows of about 10. Ooh, this will give us a whole topic next week. Yeah. yeah the coronation so and the seat of our bucks. Mm. Could be what's, uh, what's your weekend looking uh, like now? I'll be catching up on some work, but the mighty devils are at home um, tomorrow night. So... Might watch the Mighty Devils. And 
Our women's team, their season is over tomorrow. It's okay. Short, sharp season. Excellent. So um, before the NRLW. So that's me and um, I'll be catching up on a few work things which I've uh, just got behind on. <laughs> You'll <laughs> no be shocked worries. to hear that, Jordan. You'll no, be stunned. Not at all. I know you're stunned <laughs> about that. Uh, have a great weekend. You too.